Welcome to the Janine Boland Show, where we share tips from around the globe as we guide practical people with their finances using money tips, increase their incomes through side businesses, and maintain their sanity by staying in their creative zone. Hi, this is Janine Boland, and today on the Janine Boland Show, we have with us a wonderful guest by the name of Craig Handley. He is one of our spotlighted authors for the 99 Authors Project. And as you know, we like to help you save time, save money, or save your sanity. And of course, my particular case, you know, that may be a lost cause. And with Craig as well, he's kind of hard to describe. So what I'm going to do is just go over the intro. Now, this is what the man handed me to read. He said, he is the author of the best-selling book. I'm sorry, I had to share. He handed me this. He is the best-selling author of Hired to Quit. He is a musician writing music for artists all over the world. He moonlights as a CEO of his own company, Listen Trust, which is number one in the business products and service, where they do over $150 million in sales for their clients. Now, you know, because that wasn't enough. So now Craig runs a social media company called Social Close that really went from zero to almost a million dollars in revenue in the past year. He's also in charge of marketing five original TV shows and other original content that's run on the Viewit platform where he sits as the CMO. I'm sure, I'm wondering, is that the chief marketing officer? Is that what I'm to understand? Yeah, yeah. Somehow okay. I ended up in the chief marketing officer's chair with that big old company, so. Fabulous. Well done. He has also served, and this is near and dear to my heart, he has served five years in the U.S. Army because I'm a Navy brat. So Army and Navy, we get along just fine unless we're playing each other in football. (laughs) He has also served during the first Iraqi war. And then after he left with an honorable discharge, he decided, you know, that wasn't enough. So he went cage diving with great white sharks. He rappelled down Table Mountain, South Africa. He drove the Baja 500 Trail in Mexico, hiked through the jungles of Malaysia, and then decided Iceland was where he needed to go. And he snowmobiled across a live volcano, swam in the Blue Lagoon, dove in the famed Silfra Fisher, which is the only dive site in the world where you can dive in this crack between literally two continental plates. It's totally epic. And then Still, that wasn't enough to have fun with, so he decided he would be the 85th civilian in the world ever to jump out of a plane above 32,000 feet. Now, this is significant to those of us in Colorado because we know all about halo jumping and halo dives, and this is out of respect. He says he didn't want mosquitoes to bite him, so he had to get to 32,000 feet before that happened. He's partied with Akon and Snoop Dogg and other celebrities who asked him for his autograph because they thought he starred in Vikings or Game of Thrones. And guess what? He chose not to correct their thinking. Craig, thanks very much for being on the show with us today. It's hard to write a bio when you've done so many things. I'm like, I could write a shortened version. And I have some shortened versions, but I'm like, you know, but sometimes I'll send the longer version and the host will usually edit it. So that was good reading the whole thing like that. That was pretty impressive. Well, thank you. I've been in radio since 1982. And when somebody decides that they're going to actually put in the work to write a bio like that, I am going to highlight all those points because I think people think that after a certain period of time, you just stop living. And if anything, there are certain personality types like yourself who are like, hey, let's make this happen. Let's keep pushing the envelope. I am far from dead yet. (laughs) I call it, uh, it's that imposter syndrome, right? I'm three steps from glory. (laughs) <laughs> and, the, and the reality is, is like when I want to do something, like I dream 
of winning like a Grammy for song of the year. And, you know, and I have all these big goals and big dreams. And when I do it, I'm like, oh, okay. And then I walk by the trophies on the shelf, you know, and I'm like, I'm still three steps away from where I really want to be. It's right? that imposter syndrome, right? We're always, always, at least my personality type, there's always more to do. Thank God. There is. There is. It's what keeps us engaged. It keeps us creating. It keeps us pushing forward. And so since this is part of the 12th book that we're writing, uh, the 99 Authors Project, I am going to cycle back around to that book that you wrote, who knows how long ago, called Hired oh, just a couple of years. <laughs> Did it in your spare time as you were jumping out of 32,000 feet aircraft. Um, but in Hired to Quit, talk to us a little bit about what's the story behind that story? What inspired you to write that book? It's funny, you know, I, I, I got accepted to Berkeley and Juilliard to, for music and couldn't afford either. And my parents, not that they didn't believe or want me to live my dreams, but they were kind of like, music, eh, you know? Why don't, right. you get a, why don't you get a real job? And then a real job. That's why your generation was really hit hard with get a real job. They don't understand right. what it took for you to do what you do. And so I, I joined the army to try to get college money and it was enough for a local school. But I ended up going down the path of, of sales and marketing. And, and, uh, and I was training in my call center one day. And it was weird. When you train somebody, they half listen. And then they go on the phones because I own a call center and they work. And if I train them after they've been taking calls for two weeks, it's an entirely different experience. In other words, they're now more engaged. They're now imagining these scenarios in their head. And I was like, how do I get people to learn the first time through so that they're better and I don't have to train them twice? And the, the answer was to really focus on the employee and what they get. Right? Why is why is them being good on the phones important to them, not just me and my clients, right? And so I started spinning things around helping people build out their life list and talking about what they dream about doing in their lives. And then I started putting tools on our internal intranet, which allowed people to build a website or create a funnel or do Facebook marketing or buy media on Google or so I started training people on how to do things that allow them to basically hack life to accomplish their dreams. And so over a year of doing this, you know, I built out this program called Dream Trust, where I would essentially teach them about happiness and following their dreams. And we had over 100 people. Our, our turnover rate went down when we did this because most people have simple dreams. Um, but, and, and of course, most people want a car, a house, and a vacation with their family. And so we put steps in place to help with those things. We, we negotiated with the banks to get lower interest rates. In Mexico, your length of employment is equivalent to your credit score. And so we wow. said, once they work for us for a year, can we get them a house loan? A year and a half? What's the number? And so we went through that process to help our employees get car loans and house loans. And we're also negotiating with um, like Airbnbs or people who have houses and properties. So all of our employees after year one, they can stay in a house that's not quite on the beach, but it's in a beach town. And if you've done really well, we could move you closer, you know? And so we use it as a bonus or as a longevity 
year three, you're on the beach, year four, you're on the beach, you know, that type of thing. So we use some, some common things about really focusing on employees' dreams to increase retention, lower hiring costs, and to create a happier work environment. And happiness does create, we, we actually saw a 3% lift in our close rate across the board when we actually implemented these tools. So the programs almost pay for themselves, right? One day my COO came in and he goes, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, I'm quitting. I'm like, no, you're not allowed to quit. Back up, bud. Hang on, you're not allowed. No, but he wanted to buy a golf course. That was his dream. And so he, he now owns two golf courses. And, uh, and he said, look, he goes, I'm quitting. He goes, and you're a hypocrite. You should quit too. You've always wanted to write music. And oh. so I was like, hmm. And so I kind of started to find operations people. And I decided I wanted to kind of tell the story of Listen Trust because we're in our 16th year with a thousand employees for almost all of those years and gone through a lot. So I wanted to talk about what we did, but a big part of the book, you know, Hired to Quit, inspired to stay was about our culture and our core values and dream trust in those programs i mean i also had some things about partnerships and some things about how to execute through a turnaround and there were some other things in there but a lot of it was based on hired to quit training my employees the day i hired them to quit wow. and, uh, and that was so i wanted to tell that story so while i was kind of stepping out of um stepping out of operations then I ended up uh, writing this book while I was, you know, doing other things. And I found operations people to kind of take over. And after the book, I've started writing music. And that's how Social Close was built, because I was trying to rebrand myself as a marketer and entrepreneur and musician. And uh, other people started asking me to help them. And I'm like, no, 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 eight months of it's not a business. And finally, I went, well, I'll try it for a couple of people. And six months later, I had 50 employees and, you know, 50 clients and we're building on a million. I'm like, I didn't really want this, but I mean, I'm a good marketer. So I'm able to help a lot of people and I guess I should help people, you know, and music, I've been able to tie music into a lot of the marketing that we do by writing jingles or, you know, when we work with authors, I will actually interview them about their book. And I interview them with a, basically it's a podcast with a producer two songwriters and a singer. And so we literally interview people for their new book coming out. And then we turn the interview into a jingle. And when I marketed my book and did a jingle called Craig Handley, I mean, I sold almost 10,000 books with this darn viral jingle that everybody wanted to see, you know? So um, I was like, a jingle helps, right? It's, you know, so I, I'm able to combine music and marketing quite effectively with a lot of the things that we do. So, so that's the long story of where the book came from. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, no, no, I don't, please don't apologize. Listen, we're all authors on this uh, podcast and that's what we live for, right? Is the story, you know, we live to hear other people's stories as well as write our own. And so one of the things that I enjoy being able to ask people is what was something in your marketing plan that you did that was very successful that you think can be uh, something that a author can repeat? Uh, that would be successful? Very interesting. Um, I, when I marketed my book, I did it all myself. And I wrote down as a marketer, I wrote down all the things I did really well. <laughs> and then I made a list of all the things I wish I did. <laughs> like, man, I wish I would have. So I created a lot of great content. I basically decided to run a virtual book launch. 
instead of going to Barnes and Noble and doing a cross country book tour, I did a virtual book launch. So I set up some webinars to talk about my book, but I basically created a series of videos where I covered each chapter, some behind the scenes stories that weren't in the book. And I tried to create this content. My plan was to release content like here, 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 here. But actually in all reality, I'd set my, my launch date. And by the time all my content got back to me, I kind of threw up all over people with my, I'm like, here's a video, here's another one. Wait, I got one more, for, hang on, no, this is the fourth, this is the fifth. And I, I wore the same shirt. And so you didn't really know it was a different video. And so I learned a lot about this process. And interestingly enough, when I was just marketing Craig Handley and there wasn't a lot of clients yet, uh, Benjamin Hardy, who wrote Personality Isn't Permanent and Who Not How, and he's a doctor and he's an amazing author and writer. He was the number one writer for medium.com at one point and just an amazing author. And he called me out of the blue, Craig, I know you're doing some marketing, some branding stuff. And he's like, I, I need 3000 books in the next three days, two and a half days in order to make the New York Times bestseller. Do you have, you know, Alex Mendozian recommended that I talk to you? And I'm like, well, I'll give it a shot. One of the things we did really well was we created like a digital door-to-door -door process where we go in to your LinkedIn and your Instagram and we literally go to your own contacts. And there's a couple of strategies that we put together, but one is just, hey, I've got a new book. I'd love to have you buy it. And if you'd share some content, I'd love that too. Uh, we ended up doing more than 3,000 books in a couple of days. His audience was super receptive. Wow. And, uh, and it was, you know, it was a cool process. And so I was like, huh. And so some of the things that we recommend are who's your tribe, right? So we had another book. It was a relationship book. And they had very few followers. We happened to go out and found 300 people in the relationship space. Many of them had hundreds of thousands of followers. And we built a tribe. And so we basically created the content. We put all the content into a Google Drive folder, Dropbox folder, whatever. And then all of those 300 people, we set up timing, share it at three o'clock on Monday, share this at five o'clock Tuesday, share this. And so my team set all of the share dates, things like that. And the way those people got paid is they were selling the book. Nobody got any money from the book, but if someone bought through your funnel, then if those people went to the relationship seminar for 3,500, that was on the back end, you got paid $350 or something like that. So we had an affiliate campaign tied into it uh, for a live event and, and not always is, does that exist, but we ended up finding over 300 people who decided to support their launch. We going into their own LinkedIn, things like that, it wasn't our primary focus, but we only sold a couple thousand books over a month. But the, the tribe, the three, 300 people, they ended up selling around twelve to 15,000 books, which allowed them to make some bestseller lists on Amazon. I don't know if they made Wall Street Journal. A lot of people, your, your audience probably knows, but if you don't sell a certain number of nooks, you're disqualified from New York Times or there's some Correct. strange rules. Yeah, they're very strange rules and they're always shifting too. That's the other thing. Yeah. It's almost, it's a moving target. So I always tell people, just focus on what you need. Just focus on what your personal brand needs to be successful. Yeah. Not that I didn't want a New York Times or Wall Street Journal, US Today bestseller, but I wanted the book to establish more credibility in my brand. Sure. And 
you know, to help me with speaking if I wanted to do more speaking. And it accomplished, I made five bestseller lists on Amazon, which isn't as cool as some of the other ones, but I know I pushed around 20,000 books, you know, so I thought that was okay. You know, I was oh, yeah, happy. I think that's brilliant, dude. That's yeah. awesome. And we look our, so I decided social clothes would do, we work with authors every week and we have a lot of book publishing companies that use us to help authors do bestseller campaigns. Now, the interesting thing, a bestseller campaign is typically 50 to $250,000, as you probably are well aware. We're charging 4,000 a month and we're helping people make bestseller lists. Most of the people who are charging 50 grand are given five of it to us, you know, so um, and so we, you know, we typically do anywhere from two to 12,000 books during a launch. And uh, sometimes if people have a great audience, we could do it in a month. If people don't have a great following, we need, we need a couple of months. Right. And, uh, and so we've ended up doing through social close based on my own experiences and the things I did wrong and the things I did right. We ended up now, I think we've done 40, 45, 50 book launch campaigns for people and and look at that, and I view it as, I don't want to charge 50,000, right? I want to help people. If you think about it, when we, if we sell 5,000 books and we charge $4,000, as long as you're not giving your book away free, it should be something that spins a profit, right? right? Literally, if you make more than a dollar royalty and you do, as long as you sell your book for something as opposed to nothing, it's a profitable thing and it goes towards everything else that you're trying to do. So I wanted to be a relationship builder. You know, I'm successful as it is. I don't need to make a boatload of money. Although some people think if I make a million, I might as well make two. I really wanted to set my future on helping people and using relationship equity in order to create other relationships that would then generate wealth. And, and I didn't want to have to think about it. And I think that's kind of the matrix the matrix of life is just, if you want to look through all the, the numbers and the codes that are flying around the universe, just help other people, just be good to other people and help them accomplish their goals and their dreams. Those people will express gratitude to you in whatever way they can, whether they hire you or refer other people to you or, but you don't do it for the gratitude. You do it because you believe in that person and you want to support them in everything that they do. And so that's the approach I try to take in business is, how do I support you in everything that you do? And, and yeah, if there's a reason to make, to, to share some, some of the revenues that are coming in, you know, I don't mind. I don't, I don't hate money, but I, just, <laughs> I don't want to make it my focus, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Don't want to make it the, the reason for your being. And that I think is that what differentiates you from a lot of folks. Yeah. If, if people look at you for what you can get, they're placing a value on who you are. And to me, we're all the same. If you're a beggar in the streets, you're just as important as the CEO of Nike. I mean, it doesn't matter to me who you are. As long as you're real and authentic, I want to help. I don't care if you've got a million dollars or if you've got $50. You know, I yep. mean, my time's valuable, but but I try not to overdo it on what we charge people because I want to experience relationships. I want to experience helping somebody live their dream. Like that gets me excited is when I help somebody make a bestseller and then it it just changes their life they're it does. now a speaker and they're you know they get more in their it changes their outcome <clears throat> and i i think if i can help a million people then i've lived a good life you know i don't need anything else right so that's, exactly that's, so yeah well for the for the book one of the questions i like to ask every author that comes on is 
You've been very good about, thank you so much for sharing with us things that worked, the, the areas that you were able to promote. You did my, mention uh, the one time where uh, you had way too much content and video and you kind of overwhelmed uh, your people with the videos and all that. But what is something that you tried that was an epic failure? Because I think a lot of times we authors learn from each other's epic failures. So was there anything you tried or did that you look back on it and you go, hey, save your money, don't do this. <laughs> Well, look, one of them is, is rushing the content. I mean, that obviously people, you know, and, and of course, when I wore you don't understand the significance of just putting on a different shirt, right? Because you got to think of what you're showing people as a thumbnail. And, uh, and so if you're wearing the same shirt, people might think it's the same video. But I can tell you some epic failures we've seen in marketing for others. Okay. We've had a lot of authors go out and buy bots, bot traffic. And so we have one guy who told us he had 47,000 followers on Instagram. So we went through and part of our strategy based on that was to contact his friends and family through Instagram and offer them a book sale. Well, 45,000 of his 47,000 were bots and you can't sell to a computer, right? You oh. can't sell or, or like people will buy followers in India or philippines or just cheap little places where they they're not going to buy your book and so i've seen epic failures in the sense that people think hey if i buy my audience and i've got a now i've got a big tribe that's clout well that's an epic failure because it screws up your algorithm your engagement rate goes from 20 percent down to two if you want something to go viral like for example sometimes it, okay every time we'll do a video but the video will be like, what are some three things we're going to cover in your book? And we'll ask the author just to point here, here, and here. And we'll pop it up in a text. Like, this book's going to cover this, this, and this. But then we'll run the video at 300% speed. Why do we do that? Because the average person watches that video five times instead of once. If I have 300 people launch that video at the same time, same time of day, the algorithm in Instagram gets tricked because people are watching this video on average five times a piece times the 300 people who sent it out times the size of the audience. I can fool Instagram into thinking that this is a viral reel, which means they'll organically show it to people as opposed to having to buy paid media. Thank you very much. I love it when people answer my question and then give us a gold nugget on top of it. <laughs> Yeah, Thank there's a negative. So don't don't buy a fake audience because you can't sell to them. You can't. It yeah, you, it doesn't make you a big deal if you've got if you've got forty five thousand friends that are all computers. You know? and, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things that a lot of people are shocked when they find out. I'm an author of eleven books. I'm working on book number twelve. I have a an agreement getting ready to be signed for book number 13. And they say, well, what's the size of your audience? And I said, depending upon the demographic, the largest audience I have is 718 people. And they're like, what? And but I'm like, real. yes, correct. Yes, sir. I know every single one of those people. And I have a 42.8% open rate. And I have an 18.6% click-through rate. So these are insane numbers. And yet I still am unable to get on certain podcasts and shows because I am seen as not having a large enough audience. And I'm like, well, it depends. I write in four different genres. So it depends on what 
area. So, but that's my largest list size. So thank you for kind of helping me explain to people that sometimes it's the smaller folks like uh, under a thousand, but they have the highest engagement of an audience and they can serve you very well. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. So thank you for helping me. with, With authors and musicians, I have a strategy. Who are your first 1000 fans? that are willing to spend $100 a year on supporting you. Because that's how you get to a six-digit income. You know, and then you just grow up from there. You know, and mm-hmm. it takes, let's say it takes three years to build an audience of a thousand people that are willing to give you a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that's less time than college. And I believe that everybody can do anything that they want to do. If you want to be a gamer, if you want to do this, if you, want to, you can do anything you want to do through networking and building a fan base of just a thousand people that are willing to support you in some way with as little as what's that seven bucks a month, eight bucks a month, something like that for a hundred bucks a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That'll work. Nothing. And Mm -hmm. so I always focus on that with people and say, how are you going to find those fans? And and then by the way, when you get those thousand fans, they'll share content, they'll, you know, they'll share information. So you're going to reach, if you've got a thousand people who are committed, you're going to reach, you know, maybe a hundred to 200,000 people with that audience, you know? Mm-hmm. So I know what you're saying, but a lot of people are like, Oh, you won't get a smaller audience. I don't want you on my podcast, or whatever, but it's how is your engagement with your audience? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so they kind of help me identify who, who I want to work with, you know, and that's one of the things I've, anytime I'm told, no, sorry, you don't have over 5,000 people in your list. And I go, okay, moving on. <laughs> I'll find somebody else who is after really serving uh, the community that they have. You know, I really want to take care of my people. I have a vested interest in those By the way, one of, for your first 1,000 fans, one of my new strategies that I've put out there with musicians and authors is to take your book cover and to turn it into a piece of art and to have it as an NFT. And to let's say you have one painting and you break it into 1,000 squares and you buy each square is $100. Well, if your book becomes a bestseller, what I recommend is if you don't have a huge audience to gift it to your fans. And as the book starts to rise, you're basically giving your fans money to be a fan, right? Because they're, they could resell that piece as the book starts to get traction. And the music, it's a record cover, a single, you know, it's a painting that encompasses what the single's about. So you might not be Billie Eilish today, but you might be Billie Eilish tomorrow. And if you were gifted a paint, you know, a piece of a painting, it helps really bring your community together. So you say, look, if you know, I, your 718 fans would be perfect. Mm-hmm. I would break it down into, I'd say, I'm going to give away to my 718 people. I'm going to break this down to 718 fans. You guys are really loyal to me, or maybe you've got other audiences. So you could break it down to a thousand really loyal. I'm going to gift this to you. And if you ever want to sell your piece of the Mona Lisa, as my book climbs the charts, then you can. And they literally show how they bought it for zero. It was resold at 12 cents, resold at 36 cents, resold, you know, and and so they literally will show the ramp of the value of that piece of art. But the biggest thing is it really brings your community closer together, right? It allows them to talk about something, to engage with you, to, wow, I got gifted something. And everybody who gets a square gets a full copy of the print, but they own one, you know, one one hundredth of the picture, as an example. Right. No, that's a brilliant idea. 
thank you so much. Like I said, you keep giving us these gold nuggets and I hope people are listening because you definitely know what you're talking about when it comes to building community and serving. Yeah, that, you got to so. build community and, and give things away and, and give them a chance. Look, do you have a cool quote in your book that you're proud of? Well, that's a t-shirt or a hat. You know, I mean, if you've got a loyal audience, why wouldn't they buy some of those extra things, you know? Mm -hmm. It's totally true. So just uh, out of curiosity, say somebody's listening and they they want to sign up. They want to be a part of your world. They want to have you helping them with their book launch. Where do they go? Just join me on Tinder and swipe right. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's great um, yeah no i'm like i'm pretty easy to find it's uh, it's just like craig at social clothes or craig at listen trust or i'm craig handley on all of my social media you know facebook okay. i bought it all before the craig handley in in england who's the film director um bought it all he probably hates me i bet he probably had to use his middle initial or something like that to differentiate I have, I have you so much i have so much media on there if you look up Craig Handley, it shows that I'm a film director in England. <laughs> just, just to let you all know. So thank you so much for hanging out with us today and finding time to fit us into your incredibly busy schedule. It is such a delight to have you on the show. And is there anything you care to share with us before we go for today? Um, geez, I, I think I tried to share a lot of good nuggets for people. I mean, I think the biggest thing is if you're a young person or no matter what your age is, to go after your dreams and to understand that it's, it doesn't take a lot. Within, within three to five years, you should be able to be an expert in your field. You should be able to get your 10,000 hours in. And so I talk to young people. In my phone, I have 12 billionaires and about 700 millionaires. Why are they in my phone? When I met them, one of these billionaires, the first time I met him, we were at dinner together. And you know what we both had for dinner? We just had the bread, you know, because that's where we were in our lives. It, you're never too old to start building a network and you might get lucky and meet some bigger people. But if, if you're all, if you're with a community of people who have a goal and we're all putting our 10,000 hours in together and we're all part of a community, then within three years, you should be somebody in that group's going to make it and the people that trust you the most are the ones that believed are the ones that um that you believed in before they were anybody you know what i mean oh yes people, most definitely yeah yeah like once i become you know from filthy rich and famous and you call up oh craig i've always been a fan i've always, yeah okay whatever you never called me once until you realized i had something that you could use you know um since I was 20 years old, I always, and it was partly because I didn't feel like somebody believed in my dream. Since I was 20, I, I truly tried to believe in other people and just kept there. I kept building my network and building. Well, today, you know, 20 some odd years later, you know, I've got this giant Rolodex of people who most people can't, can't get in touch with these people anymore. You know, I mean, I've got Richard right. Branson's, Richard Branson's contact info. Right. Because I've been the Necker six times and got a friendship with him and, you know, but it, it's, it's, it's years and years of doing this. So if you want to be a gamer or you want to be, you know, if you're, if you're writing a book that's talking about an expertise, but you're not really fully inundated in that world yet, get in that world, you know, and, and just trust that if you believe in other people in that space and somebody makes it, 
if you're one of those people that believed in them and they thought of you as a friend before they made it, you're still a friend after. Matter of fact, you're more of a friend. And so mm -hmm. I guess that would be my last tidbit to share is, you know, for these authors that are really trying to become an expert in the space is, you know, um, really dive into it and, and learn who else is in the space and, and uh, be, find mentors and find friendships that you can help develop them and believe in other people, even if they seem as crazy as I am. <laughs> this is true. Thank you so much for your time today. And if you are an author or you know of an author that you would like us to spotlight, please visit our website at authorpodcasting.com, where you'll find the 99 Author Project listed. We talk to all authors from all walks of life, and we build out book number 12, which is advice from authors to authors, which is due out to be published in 2000. I'm sorry, 2023. And this is Janine Boland signing off for today and all of us here at The Eight Gates that produces The Janine Boland Show. We wish you a wonderful week and we encourage you to get your message, your story, or your knowledge out into the world. Make it a better place, just like these authors that we're interviewing this year. We'll see you again next week. And until then, keep sharing what you know with others. Keep shining that light that is you. And don't forget to go out today and do something for yourself that's just plain fun. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Janine Boland Show. Be sure to subscribe to our show notes by going to thejanineboland.show.com where you'll find additional resources as well as the opportunity to sign up to receive our program in your email each week. Be sure to visit our sponsor at the8gates.com. 8